Gridiron Growl Podcast from Chap Talk with your host, David Soderquist and Michael Pepper. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 21 of the Gridiron Growl podcast. This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist, along with lead man in charge from Chop Talk, Brian Fox Jr., and lead writer from Chop Talk, Michael Pfeffer. And man, we had a crazy SEC championship game, and if you took over, they took the over like I did, you made a little money last night. I also was in Atlanta for a little bit, meeting up with some of my Gator Twitter family and hanging out with the Harmonic Woods tailgate crowd up there, along with David Waters and everybody. But uh, I didn't have tickets, so I enjoyed the game, just like a lot of others from the comfort of my own home. And, man, uh, kind of a heartbreaker there in Atlanta as the Florida Gators lose their third game of the season to the Alabama Crimson Tide in the SEC championship game, 52-46. to And before we even break down the game a little bit, uh, Kyle Pitts has just announced that he is skipping the bowl game and declaring for the NFL draft, as expected. And, guys, I just want to go ahead and get your thoughts first on Kyle Pitts and what he's meant to this team in the season, and get some of your thoughts from this game before we kind of just break it down. Well, in my thoughts, Kyle Pitts is doing exactly what he should do, what he needs to do to uh, protect himself and protect his family moving forward. There's nothing more that he can really give to this program, and there's nothing more that he can give to scouts that are going to be reviewing his tape as we get closer to the NFL draft. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, of course, for selfish reasons, I would love to see him play in the bowl game, but uh, he's he's given everything he can. He's shown what, what he needs to show. He's going to go very high in the draft, and, uh, you know, the time's come. He needs to take advantage of the opportunities that he's made for himself. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it was expected to. Uh, I, I would love to see him in the bowl game, but I, I don't blame him for skipping the bowl game and wanting to go to the NFL. I mean, that's, that's a first-round draft pick right there. Uh, I, I would take I would take the money and run to uh, that's that's completely understandable here and uh, what Kyle Pitts has done for this team amazing especially with him being out a couple of games as well and sitting in that LSU game man he's put up some godly stats already for this year and uh, probably would have eclipsed well over a thousand yards and, and I think just about the whole nation and all these NFL prospects know that and uh, yeah he'll be selected very high and I'm curious to see what team he goes to in the NFL. And it's going to be something to watch to see how many other Florida players, specifically the guys, the seniors that are considering the same thing and opt out of the bowl game as well and give a chance to some of the younger players that we've seen. Obviously, there's at least three different receivers that we could see making this case as well, where you could see a Kyle Pitts, excuse me, a Kadarius Tony or, or Trayvon Grimes also make that move. Um, the next couple of weeks are going to be pretty interesting in uh, Gatorland, I think. Uh, also interesting is the fact that Kyle Trask has actually said that he's going to be speaking with his uh, family and friends uh, before making a decision. So him coming back is not a not completely out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and uh, that's been a big thing on Twitter right now. If if Kyle Trask was to come back, I don't expect it, but if he was to come back at some kind of capacity next year, uh, there I, I know there's a lot of Emory Jones people out there, and I'm one of them too. I, I'd love to see what Emory Jones can do, but at the same time, man, if Kyle Trask says, hey, I want to come back and play another year, I'm definitely not upset, I can tell you that. But yeah. yeah, you know, if if he comes back, he it would mean that he's projected to go probably 
in the third round of the NFL draft. Um, otherwise, I don't think it makes sense for him to come back. He's like Kyle Pitts. He's kind of already shown what he can do. Um, and as far as Emory Jones goes, yeah, I want to see what he can do as well. But, you know, everybody did get an extra year of eligibility, so it won't really hurt his status as you know, if he does come back. Yeah. And a lot of people worried about Emory Jones transferring. Emory Jones seems very, very patient. I, I don't think that would happen. Um, but now if Kyle Pitts returns this year, you, you never know, man. Uh, kids kids do crazy things. And I, I'm not going to complain whether he returns or not, man. I, 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 I'm curious to see now if Kyle – I don't think Kyle Trask would skip the bowl game, being the quarterback, leader, quarterback of the team. But he could. He could, he could say he didn't want to play in the bowl game. And that would leave us with an Emory Jones-led team in, in, in coming into the bowl game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if Kyle Trask does declare for the draft. And if he does, does he skip the bowl game? Does he play the bowl game? So, um, uh, you know, might get some EJ time over here in uh, the bowl game if if Kyle Trask makes that decision. But just want to get you guys' thoughts of this game, man, this SEC championship game. I know the uh, my vibes right now isn't too bad. Uh, I actually woke up in a good mood this morning. Uh yeah, Florida competed. I didn't expect them to compete like they did against Alabama. Florida could have won this game. There was a lot of turning points in this game that Florida could have taken advantage of. I mean, and fairness to Alabama, there there are some plays that Alabama probably would have liked to have had back as well. Uh, I know there was a wide open shot to uh, Justin Shorter in the end zone that was overthrown. That could have been a touchdown there. And then obviously the heartbreaking interception there that gets fumbled and Alabama gets the ball back and scores. That was a key turning point right there in that game as well. Uh, but, man, Florida fought, man. Uh, Florida fought when everybody counted them out. All the experts said Alabama was going to win. I think one person said Florida was going to win. Not really anybody gave Florida a chance in this game, and they proved their doubters and their haters wrong. I'm very proud of this team. Uh, very proud of, of Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask, just everybody on this team. Tony had him a day. Uh, just just about every single receiver had a pretty decent day, even Trevon Grimes with a touchdown. And, man, uh, it's just a heartbreaker. Uh, it, it, both both secondaries got burned. Uh, I expected ours to get burned. Um, but I did not expect – I kind of expected Florida to score points on Alabama's secondary, but I didn't expect Florida to score points like that. That was ridiculous and crazy to see. But, uh, yeah, man, I, 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 your thoughts, Brian, Mike, I, I – it's upsetting, but at the same time, it, it goes to show you how Dan Mullen gets the most out of his talent because they're playing a team with top number one recruiting classes all across the board, and they did this with Georgia. Georgia's had multiple number one recruiting classes in the top three every year, and Alabama is usually the number one suspect of multiple number one recruiting classes, and Dan Mullen's doing this with 9, 14, 11, nine-ranked classes, uh, and and that, that's goes to show you the development and the brains that Dan Mullen has. The only problem that set this team back was the Keeley's Hill was just the defense, and it's been like this all year. And Dave, this game really was a tale of two halves because that first half, when you go in and it's 35 to 17, there's not a single Florida fan that's out there saying, oh, crap, this, this is exactly where we wanted to be right now. <laughs> Um, and then the way that Florida came out in the second half, specifically the third quarter, they pitched a shutout. Um, it was actually, it showed pretty incredible resilience by some of these upperclassmen, some of these senior leaders out here. Yeah, David, you and I talked about this several times throughout the season. And, and honestly, 
at no point did I really think that this was the year that we necessarily would beat Alabama. But I said several times that I thought that we matched up better with Alabama than most other teams out there because of our ability to score the way, the way that we do. Um, That said, I think we showed at least that we've taken the next step uh, in that we showed that with a perfect game, we could beat Alabama. Now the next step is to be able to beat Alabama without a perfect game. Because like you said, there were several plays where we had the opportunity and we didn't take advantage. There were a couple of miscues, some overthrows. There were some costly penalties. There were the turnovers. Uh, you know, all of those things added up to the end result. Uh, but I am pleased that at the way that the team came out, they did play an excellent second half, like Brian mentioned. And, uh, you know, after the LSU loss, I really was kind of expecting a blowout. So for them to come out and, and fight the way they did and, and come out of it with uh, just a six-point loss, that's impressive to me. Also, Kyle Trask, the first quarterback to throw for over 400 yards on this Alabama defense this year. Yeah, I was about to go into that, man. Yeah, Kyle Trask had him, I think, his second best game of the season, passing-wise. I know he passed for 474 yards twice this season. But this game, he passed for, what was it, 408 yards this this game. And yeah, um, uh, like I said at the beginning, man, both secondaries got torched this game. Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from Devontae Smith or Najee Harris or Mac Jones because they had themselves one hell of a game. And both both offenses just did fantastically. It just made it for a great game to watch, whether you were an Alabama fan or a Florida fan. You were watching this game and saying, wow. And you never thought for one second that one of these teams, maybe around that second quarter when it's 35 to 17, but you never thought for one second, you know, coming out of that third quarter that, you know, Alabama's going to run away with this game or Florida's going to run away with this game. I know Florida played from behind all game, but they kept fighting and they kept coming back. And they made it exciting down there with the the two-point conversion because Dan Mullen said all or nothing. He went for the two points. He got the two points. And and even with the 20, I think it was like 23 seconds that we had left at the end of the game, this offense can score quick, and they scored quick in this game. They they had some drives here that were only like a minute and a half for touchdowns. And uh, it's it's just amazing how far Florida's offense has, has come within the past two to three years. But it's also amazing how the defense – has dropped off these past two to three years, and it's uh can't stop a nosebleed sometimes here at the University of Florida. But man, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that did hurt Florida in this game, and there's a lot of things that went their went their way. Uh, fumbles, five fumbles this game. That you can't do that against a team like Alabama. That is, uh, you know, only two of those got recovered, but still, uh, you're fumbling five times. That's the thing that really got on my chops a little bit was the, the fact that we, we had a case of the fumbles earlier this year with, with, with A&M. Then you had it with, with um, what was it? I think it was Tennessee. We, we had a bunch of fumbles in one game that almost cost us a game, but the fumbling was an issue. And I said it before in a couple podcasts, and, uh, yeah, this game you had five fumbles and two of them were lost. That really took away some some key drives there for Florida that really could have – made this game a lot closer or even could have gave them the win. 
I know Tradine had that interception that that he looked looked like a targeting call to me that never got called, but uh, fumbles that ball and gives it right back to Alabama and Alabama scores. You could have really took away seven points from them and probably put some points up for yourself. And I think that was one of the key plays in this game that did it in for Florida. And uh, I mean, it was it, it is heartbreaking, but at the same time, man, Florida got some respect out of this game. Yeah, they absolutely did. Even Nick Saban said at the end of the game that, you know, this was a team that didn't match up well. They didn't match up well against, uh, and they created a lot of problems for for Nick Saban's defense. So, uh, once again, very proud of the way that they fought. Uh, Easily the best team uh, that they've faced all season. Probably the best team in the country. So, coming out of there with with that close of a game, uh, it's very encouraging. Yeah, and this is also a very good Alabama team. Nick Saban has said that this is one of the better teams that he's had in his you know tenure at Alabama. That offensive line is pretty stout. Those receivers, those playmakers that they have are among the best that they've ever had at the University of Alabama. This is no small task, and it's not a small feat that Florida came out and did what they did and gave themselves a chance, and they had possession. They had the final possession with a chance to win the ball game. Yeah, that's uh, that's something we're not used to, man, because I think the last time Alabama scored 50 points on Florida in an SEC championship, they were uh, not really in that position. I think they would have had to have put up like six touchdowns to get back up to where uh, they were at. So, yeah, this team has made strides It's with the recruiting classes that we've had. Now, I know we've had top 10 recruiting classes, number nine, and, and one of them was 14 that Dan Mullen had to start off with. The other one was like 11, and we've had two number nine classes there, but – Man, for for a, a coach to go out there with that kind of talent against that kind of talent and prove that, you know, hey, we're going to take you on. We don't care what you have. We don't care about your five-star offensive linemen, your five-star receivers. And laid all out there on the field, man. It really, I mean, it was really, it was really a nice game to watch. I, even though we, we lost, and uh, I, I'm actually feeling pretty good, man. I, our team has made strides. I think they're just going to get better, whether Kyle Trask stays or he goes. I'm really excited for Emory Jones, and I'm excited for this future, man. And, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much my my take on it. I, I know a lot of people are upset. I am, too. But I didn't really expect to win the game. I didn't expect the game to be this close. And I think I predicted 57 to 45. I remember that. And then y'all made fun of me and said, hey, David, will you predict a safety or something? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, sure. But, I, hey, my prediction was close. It was 52 to 46. So um, It was pretty close, yeah. You know, I, I want to point something out, you know, just to kind of give a little bit of context to just how good this Alabama team is. Coming into this game, Florida was 187 and 0. So through 187 games, undefeated when they scored 40 points or more. So they put up 46 points last night and still lost. That that just is a testament to what a complete and and good team Alabama is. Yeah, and um, a lot of people are on that firing Grantham train, and I think that I'm I'm kind of on that 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 one too. But I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know what happens after the end of these seasons, man. Uh, there's some changes, and we'll see whether Grantham moves on somewhere else or they just want to keep him there. And hey, it's it, it's it, at the end of the day, it's going to be what it's going to be. Uh, there isn't anything we can do about it. We can complain, or we can just hope Grantham and the defense gets better. But uh, I, I don't. 
well, personally. Dave, that's a, before we move on from that, I do want to ask you this. Is this a Todd Grantham thing, or is this the players? Is this the personnel? Because we've seen Grantham's defense in the last two years, last three years. It's not been bad. It got bad this year in a year that there wasn't a whole lot of preparation. There was no spring football. I, you know, I, I'm not telling you I'm not for firing Grantham, but what's going to be different if you get a new guy in here to be the new DC? He might and hold who it. do you get? Well, uh, if you get a new DC, then he might hold his players accountable and then uh, bench them when they throw cleats across the, uh, the stadium and not start them in the next game. But <laughs> that's the only problem I have with it, to be honest. Uh, and, and you make a good point, Brian. Uh, this, this was a weird year. And, uh, and, uh, and if you look at it across the board, a lot of defenses were, were not good this year. Uh, <laughs> a lot of defenses suffered. Uh, even Alabama's defense, man. They, they, their secondary, I knew, was a little suspect, but I didn't expect them to give up this much yardage uh, in this game. I knew Florida was going to stick in there and compete. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's a... Uh, one of those COVID years and all that, but I mean, for you to stick the same player on the field that's been getting burned all year, then he costs you a game against LSU. You throw a cleat. It just shows that like you're either not teaching them enough discipline and you're not holding them accountable. And it's, it, I don't care. I expected Marco to get burned this game anyway. So it didn't even make me mad when he did. But um, the thing that killed me was you started him right off the bat. You could have at least sat him for a couple drives or sat him for the first quarter or something to make him learn, hey, look, dude, you got to straighten up, and you're not playing good, and now you're costing us games, and you just didn't see it. Yeah, Dave, I was. it was funny. Yesterday I was seeing that, you know, the little ticker on ESPN that shows you all the scores, and I, I, I didn't see what came up before it, but I saw the, the different scores, and I was like, huh, it was a low-scoring day in SEC basketball. <laughs> and then you, then I see, <laughs> oh, wait, these are football scores. You, know, you had uh, Mississippi State 51-32. to 32. You had LSU winning 53-48. to 48. It's like, what what is going on here? There's no defense being played in the SEC right now. And I think the COVID year has a lot to do with that. But, yeah, that's kind of what I mean, though. This this wasn't a normal season. It, in no way does that reflect a normal SEC year. And I'm not telling you we should keep Grantham. I'm not necessarily telling you we should fire him. If anything, I'm more on that second part. But I, I'm not really going to dictate that one way or another i i don't know i don't know what the right move is and i think dan does but i know that dan is known to be uh notoriously loyal and this is kind of where we're sitting right now see i'm kind of right there in the middle with both of you because david I, I absolutely agree that yes grantham should have done something to uh hold marco wilson accountable uh Brian, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not necessarily saying, hey, get rid of Todd Grantham. That's the absolute answer to, to the problem. I'm not saying it's not. Uh, on the reverse of that, you know, in my recent article about, you know, get, Dan Mullen living up to the Gator standard, I mentioned the accountability, and that goes from him as well, you know, just accepting the fact that the defense is mediocre and not, you know, lighting a fire under Todd Grantham that kind of goes into the accountability that I was talking about. So um, at no point was I, you know, trying to say that Dan Mullen isn't the guy or that Todd Grantham isn't the guy. I just want to see moves to correct the situation. Right. You want to see 
you thumb wrestle me, I'll kick your ass. You want to see that kind of mentality, not Abs- the absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understood that. And a lot of people, some people on Facebook were giving you a little heat about it, but it, it, it's true though. I, and I know that the LSU loss was overshadowed by how the committee was so uh, grateful to Florida and only knocking them down one spot. Now, if they knocked them down to ten, then probably half of Twitter or half of Twitter and Facebook would have agreed with you. And I think that kind of got overshadowed by. Uh, the uh, the graciousness of the committee just ranking them down one spot. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't have done it. I probably would have put them at 10. That's an inexcusable loss. It's an inexcusable uh, just performance from your offense and defense, but especially your defense. And you know how your defense has been bad all year. But, you know, we could go all into that and, and, and talk for hours. And, uh, you know, uh, just kind of want to break this game down, man. Um, you know, uh, if, uh, Alabama gets the ball first. For LX to, you know, after, you know, get the ball after halftime and they lead a nine play, 70 yard, made it look easy touchdown drive there from uh, Najee Harris rushing in eight yards there at the end and uh, got a uh, defensive, the defensive offside penalty there also setting, setting Alabama there up in good, good position on that third and 10 and turn it into a third and five and, you know, still probably would have converted that anyway because Mac Jones did pass to uh, Miller Forrestall for 11 yards on the next play. So, really, that penalty kind of didn't really even matter. Um, Alabama made it look easy on the first drive. And uh, this, you know, I expected it. I said that they're probably going to score on every drive. And it's certainly enough. Every single drive in this first half, Alabama scored a touchdown. And uh, But Florida would respond with a six-play, 73-yard drive that only took them two minutes and 15 seconds. Uh Kadarius Tony getting wide open there, and then uh, the pass complete to Kyle Pitts for 15 yards, and then you know Kadarius Tony wide open burns completely torches whoever I, I can't even remember who was trying to block him, but I, I saw that little hip juke move that he did to that to that uh, corner, and man, he just burned him, and Kyle Trask made him pay for it. a 51 yard touchdown to Kadarius Tony. So now the game is tied. If you guys got any comments on these first couple of drives, I can keep going. If you want to comment a little bit on it. Yeah. I wanted to go back to the opening drive for Alabama. That penalty actually did cost Florida because it wasn't to Forrestall for 11 yards. That was after he completed the five yard pass to uh, Devontae Smith. So had that penalty not taken place, they're five yards short and True. settling for a field goal. Yeah, and you'll have to excuse me from uh, reading a couple of these drives here because I was completely blitzed after going to Atlanta. So I kind of was not in the game mentally, but I was, and I was trying to calm down from uh, all, all the uh, alcohol intake in Atlanta. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, watching these two drives, though, I knew we were in for a good SEC championship game. I mean, Alabama made it look easy. Florida made it look easy, and, and it, I was just like, man, this could be a high-scoring game, and I'm glad I took the over because it, it, it happened. But then on the next drive, Alabama would, leave, would lead an eight-play, 69-yard drive where a pass would get intercepted by Tradeen. And, man, I when Tradeen intercepted that pass, I was like, here we go. Florida's defense is here to play. Unfortunately, Tradeen gets hit by by I think it was John Meche that hit him really hard, and it looked like a targeting hit. Uh, I think maybe they could have pulled a flag on that one, but other than that, fumbles the ball, gives it right back to Alabama, and this would set up a Alabama one-play, 31-yard touchdown from Devontae Smith. Uh, yeah, uh, secondary getting burned there. I uh, expected Devontae Smith to have a big game anyway. 
But yeah, that 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 was a key drive in this game, and that that took. First of all, you could have took seven points away from Alabama with that turnover. On top of that, you could have probably put up points for your team on that turnover. Now, I'm not going to say that Florida would have drove it down the field and got a touchdown, but even if they get a field goal or something out of that, you're taking away seven points from Alabama, and you're putting up three points for yourself, and that could have really changed the outcome and the score of this game. And, uh, yeah, that that was the, the, the one key play I looked at after the end of this game that actually kind of broke my heart a little bit. And one thing that was kind of annoying uh, was that that play was never even reviewed for targeting. Targeting, that would have been a huge game changer. And we saw a play on the very first drive that was targeted, that was challenged as targeting or whatever. It was replayed, and it wasn't even close. Now, this one was actually, it had everything that targeting has, and it never got called. And the lack of inconsistency amongst the officiating is really getting just to the point of absurdity across college football. But that that was a potential backbreaker early in this game. Yeah, the uh, lo- we love the SEC refs here that are fifty years old and have no vision and can't see halfway across the field. Yeah, that's that that's that's pretty pretty nice of them, you know, to to not call that targeting call there. But uh, yeah, Florida would uh, then give up a touchdown to Alabama, making the game here fourteen to seven, and then Florida would lead a ten play, fifty six yard drive. Could not punch it in there when you get in the red zone. Have to kick a field goal, gets a field goal from Evan McPherson, making it 14 to 10. Then Florida would give up yet another touchdown on the very next drive by uh, Mac Jones. And uh, just, I don't know. I, I, at this point in the game, I'm like, man, you're already down by 11. You're not even, I think they weren't even out of the first quarter yet. I couldn't remember, but I remember it, it, it was at the very beginning of the second quarter. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just. It was getting nasty, and I was just like, man. And, and in my head, I'm just like, Alabama's gonna score on every drive. Uh, it just, it is. And, and once we got behind, I was just like, there's no way we're not we're not catching back up. There's no way. And um, sure enough, uh, you know, Alabama scores touchdown. Florida pretty much almost goes three and out. Has five plays for 13 yards. Has to punt it off there, and uh, Alabama would leave a 13 play, 70 yard drive for another touchdown and a uh, complete to Najee Harris there. And Najee Harris had a good, uh, he had a good, he had a damn good game actually. He he rushed for over 100 yards. Uh, it was 178 yards he rushed for, and he had three touchdowns uh, with passing the ball. So uh, Najee Harris had one hell of a game here against uh, Florida's defense and. Uh, one way of putting it, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was he. He not only did he run all over our defense, he he torched the secondary as well. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say on that one, but uh, yeah, this this would make the the game twenty eight to ten here, and then Florida would score really fast uh, on a one minute nineteen yard drive, four plays, seventy five yards. Kadarius Tony once again being the hero on this drive, man, and uh, that would make that would put the game up twenty eight to seventeen here. And now you're kind of feeling okay. Well, Florida, if Florida can get a stop here, man, we 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 might be back in this game. And sure enough, they didn't get a stop, and Alabama actually scores quicker than what Florida did on that drive on an eight play seventy eight yard drive. Mac Jones pass complete to once again Najee Harris for a touchdown, and man, Najee Harris eating them up, man. Yeah, you know, I want to mention, yes, Alabama did score quickly on that last one, but they were putting together some really long, sustained drives there in the first half. Um, and and they were doing that to, you know, like the announcers said, they were trying to wear down the Florida defense late in the game. Uh, so 
I think they were successful in that, but at the same time, I want to kind of give the defense a little bit of credit. I know we pick on them a lot uh, and rightfully so, but uh, as tired as they were, I felt like they really stepped it up and and played their hearts out in the second half. Yeah. And and earlier on in this game, uh, Florida was getting decent pressure from that defensive line and uh, unexpected decent pressure. Just Mac Jones was able to get rid of that football with somebody every single time when there was about to be a sack coming. And I know Florida had two total sacks for the game and, and they did reach Mac Jones on a couple of plays, but I, I have to hand it off to this defensive line. And Brenton Cox was going off a lot in that, in that defensive line. And, and you saw number one a lot on the field uh, getting near Mac Jones this whole game. So I can't really say that the defensive line played bad because they really didn't, uh, especially against this Alabama offensive line full of five stars and, and, and just the, the big bodies that they had on the offensive line, man, Florida held their own in the defensive line. I'll, I'll say that, but uh yeah, we go into halftime here, a 35-17 to 17 game, and right now everybody that's a Florida fan, and even me, and I was over at my friend Jim's house, and we were talking, and um, I said, man, 35-17, to 17, you really think we could come back? And he looked at me, and he's like, with our defense? And I was just like, he said, with our offense, yes, but with our defense, no. And this is where I was just like, oh, man, well, we get the ball after halftime, so maybe we can score a touchdown. And that's what Florida did. Four plays, 75 yards, touchdown, coming right out of halftime for a minute and 35 seconds. And uh Trevon Grimes, uh, that was a that was one hell of a catch from Trevon Grimes too. And 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 it was it was it was one hell of a catch and run. Uh, I mean, I I expected somebody like Kyle Pitts to do something like that, but I know Trevon Grimes, he's one hell of a receiver too. Uh, we've seen what he's caught against Georgia, that big play in the end zone that he had over I think it was Tyson Campbell's head and um I, I knew Trey Grimes makes his presence felt, and I know it's getting overshadowed by Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts, but man, Trevon Grimes came down with one hell of a reception here. Yeah, Trayvon Grimes is a is a good NFL project type quarterback, or excuse me, wide receiver. Um, he's built very much in the same mold of like Van Jefferson, and he's got all the hops and athleticism of anybody else on this team right now. Um, he's one of these guys that we've been really lucky to have been able to watch over the last couple of years uh, after he transferred from Ohio State. Yeah. And uh, and I know a lot of people like to knock Dan Mullen for for his recruiting and and yeah, rightfully so. There's some recruits that you shouldn't miss out on in the state of Florida, and especially when you're playing this good and you've won two New York Six Bowls games in a row, and you're almost beating Alabama. You took it to Georgia this year. You blew him out. He, he Mullen doesn't get enough credit for his recruiting, and it, it is rightfully deserved. But when he goes to the transfer portal, he really knows how to pick and choose them. And, and, and this was one of those, one of those prospects out of that transfer portal that comes up here, makes a huge play here uh, for Florida coming right out of halftime. Florida needed this. They were down 17, uh, looked like everything was going Alabama's way. And then they come out here on, on a, on a quick one minute, 30 second drive for a touchdown. And, and I remember, like I said, I was talking to my friend Jim before halftime. And I said, are we going to win this game? Or are we going to come back? He's like, nah, not with this defense. And, Sure enough, the next drive, Florida forces Alabama to turn it over on downs. Um, they they stop them on fourth down, on a fourth and three, and it was a good tackle. Uh, actually, a, a good tackle on that play. Uh, Devontae Smith stopping him from getting that first down, and then you're saying now the momentum's kind of swinging Florida's way a little bit. And uh, you know this is where I think Florida could have could have taken advantage here. Uh, you stopped them right there. I think it was like the thirty or so yard line, and Florida, I mean, in my mind, this is where you have to score. And 
I didn't understand the play calling on this drive. I really didn't. It was kind of, I don't know. I, I just didn't agree with the Trask run on second and 13. I think you should have just passed the ball. But, um, you know, they only go for four plays, 16 yards, and they have to punt it off. And that really took the gas out of me. I was like, man, this is the time you could have stopped on Alabama's throat, came back a little bit, made it 35 to 31, and made it a game. And, um, you know, it didn't happen. But on the next series, Florida would force another punt. And uh, in my mind now, I'm thinking, okay, they made the right halftime adjustments. We're going to get some good play at the defense. This is going to be a great game. And Florida scores on the next drive. 12 play, 80-yard touchdown drive, taking five minutes off the clock here, uh, making the game 35 to 31. And now I'm kind of... I'm kind of on the edge of my seat here. I'm like, okay, okay, Florida just needs one more touchdown to take the lead. And uh, unfortunately, they played from behind this whole game. But if y'all have any thoughts on that, I mean, uh, the the stop on the uh, the turnover on downs, I think, was a drive that you could have really, I mean, you could have, I mean, you, you eventually score, and I understand that. You eventually score making it 35 to 31, but you you get 35 to 31 here. Then, Maybe you take the lead on the next drive. No, I hear right. you. Dave, I completely agree. I think that the uh, play calling was atrocious there. It made absolutely no sense. Okay, yeah, you get the sack on first down, but on second down, you call a run play, and you use Kyle Trask, who you know, if he's going to gain yards, he's going to gain three or four just kind of barreling into the line there. It didn't make sense. It's uh, incredibly disappointing and uh it really set them behind the change as far as far as trying to get that first down there and continuing the drive and it made absolutely no sense and this is one of those drives you kind of look back at the day after and say what was dan thinking here yeah yeah you know it's kind of one of those situations where you, you almost feel like he he thinks he's got tebow back there or he's trying to make tebow be back there uh and that's just not what you have in, in Kyle Trask. And, and he does a great job of, of utilizing the talent that he's got, but there, there have been several times throughout the season where they, they make some just questionable play calls. Well, uh, usually where they'll insert the running game uh, where it doesn't really belong, or they bring Emory Jones in when Kyle Trask is hot and, uh, yeah, you, you have to take advantage of that situation. You have to put points on the board. And look, if you're dead set on having a run play of that type, why aren't you bringing in Emory Jones? Because Emory Jones actually lit up that defense the few chances he did get running the ball in this game. I just It doesn't make sense. You have running backs. I know we didn't really see them touch the ball. I'm so little that I'm curious what their names are right now. Uh, but, you know, I just say it made zero sense to me to use Kyle Trash and to run up the middle like that. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, Brian. I was just about to say that. Uh, I don't understand if you wanted to run the ball like that. Why didn't you have Emory Jones on that drive? Because Alabama was expecting Emory Jones. I mean, when you put in Emory Jones, most teams are expecting you to run the ball. And Alabama was expecting Emory Jones to run the ball, and he's still getting 10-yard chunks just running the ball against Alabama's defense. I don't understand why you just kind of didn't. Or even if you wanted to put Emory Jones in for that play and kind of trick the defense try to throw a deep bomb to the end zone or something like that I don't know but uh, I think the the better uh, option would have been Emory Jones kind of just run it I don't even know if he would run it up the middle or whatever kind of design run you would want to play on put on that play I didn't understand that that didn't really uh I don't know I didn't get that but uh you know hey uh he maybe he thought he could throw off the defense running uh Trask but 
you know it's going to take Trask all day to get those Even, 13, even you know? if you throw, right, and that's the thing, even if you throw off the defense with Kyle Trask running, Trask isn't fast enough to blow past those defenders before they realize right. what's going on. Alabama's got linebackers running like four fours, four fives. They're, they're going to catch Trask before Trask catches the, the yellow right. line for that first down. Kyle Trask is running like a four nine here. <laughs> Maybe even worse. Right. <laughs> I'm, cur- I'm curious to see what his actual 40 time is in the combine when, <laughs> when we uh, get to the draft here but uh obviously Kyle Trask is not known for his speed he's known for his elite passing ability and you know hey he led a like I said 12 play 80 yard drive uh right here to to make the score 35 31 and uh, I think at this point Trask is amassed probably I think over 300 yards right now or close to that 300 yard mark in in this drive uh yeah but Florida would go up 35 to 31 here and then on the next drive they would give up a 10 play 75 yard touchdown once again to Najee Harris run right up the middle for one yard for a touchdown but uh this was the one that uh Campbell I think there was one drive where Marco really got burned and and, and I'm, I, that that's been a common theme this whole year so it's not really a big deal but I know that Devontae Smith and I didn't understand this either that we were talking before the podcast Brian that you had Marco on Devontae Smith why wouldn't you put Elam on Devontae Smith and have Marco cover somebody else I didn't get that yeah, either. That's one of the most alarming things is like, okay, I know that we, I, I know that we've kind of given Marco a hard time and obviously the staff sees something different in him than, than we have. But at what point did you say even early on? Yeah. Marco's best matchup in this game is the guy who might win the Heisman trophy at wide receiver over there. And you've got Kyir Elam and not to take anything away from any of the Alabama playmakers, because they've got guys that, I mean, their fifth string guy could be a starter at UF and many other schools, but having Marco on that guy just made absolutely no sense. And he was on him almost all game. Yeah. You want to put your best corner on the best receiver and Marco is not your best corner. I don't care what you say. I don't care if he grades as a champion in practice. Uh, it, you know who your best corner is. I, I didn't understand the uh, the scheme of of putting not putting Elam there in that position. I don't know. I, the, the, the The staff has done questionable things all year, and I got to a point where I just gave up. I just said, you know what? They're going to do what they're going to do, and there isn't anything that we can do about it. But, you know, uh, anyway... Uh, Alabama goes up 42 to 31 here and the wind's kind of taken out of the sails here for a second. What's that? And Dave, I think this next drive that you're going to talk about was yeah. actually probably the biggest drive of the entire game. Yep. Um, and then I'll, I'll let you go ahead and talk about it. But I think I want to set that, that mindset is what happens here dictated the end of this game in my thought. Guys, get ready for a uh, a, a nightmare drive here. Um, <laughs> it didn't last long. It's okay. <laughs> Florida would then not score on a one-play, negative 15-yard drive, a uh, sack taken by Kyle Trask, which I think he could have threw the ball out of bounds and avoided the sack. Um, yeah, gets sacked there by Will Anderson Jr. for a 15-yard loss, and it was recovered from by Alabama at Florida's own, what, 20, 23, 20, 10, 15-yard? It, it put... It put uh, Alabama ten yard line. They were on their ten yard line after the sack, yeah. after the recovered fumble. And if you thought the wind was taken out of you that last drive when Alabama scored, it really was on this one. You're like, oh man, now it's. You're pretty much saying it. It might be over now. Well, and and it's important to note, Dave, who got beat on that play. <laughs> oh, I already know. 
Um, uh, <laughs> our famous number fifty six that 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 wins the the practice competition every week. I believe Gary Danielson called him John Delance. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about the broadcast later because that was rough anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, with, with your on play, with the on field play of Gene Delance, somebody messes his name up. I ain't gonna get mad. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this John Delance guy? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it doesn't matter anyway. He's not there anyway when he's on the field. But anyway, Kyle Trask fumbles the ball here, setting up Alabama in really, really good territory here. But hey, if Florida's defense did step up, uh, they forced Alabama to a field goal instead of a touchdown. So I did give them credit on that, and it kind of put the game still in reach with this offense. It was still in reach. It was only a 14-point lead at this time. And Dave, Brad Stewart had a really big tackle there on third down, getting uh, Devontae Smith down before he could get to that goal line. That was... That was a heck of a series by the defense, and it's something to keep to keep highlighted. Unfortunately, it became a fourteen point game, and that obviously proved to be insurmountable. But uh, what a what an effort there! But yeah, you just wonder, you know, maybe if Gene Delance had been pulled, you know, five or six games ago, like many of the fans on the message boards and whatnot have said, um, who knows how that may have ended up differently? Yeah. Um... It just that one upset me a little bit, but yeah, you're right about Brad Stewart, man. Brad Stewart, he's been the thing about Brad Stewart is he'll have these games that he's just terrible in, and then he comes out and he'll have a game where he's all over the field and he's making plays left and right. And luckily, that's been my problem with with our safeties for the last two or three seasons. To be honest, they're just very inconsistent. Yeah, and and, and I think. The, you talked about the COVID year and all that, and, he, and we haven't really seen Brad Stewart on the field. We'll see him every now and then. And you have to start uh, – you, you just have to start a guy. And I think Brad Stewart is that guy you need to start. And I hate to say it. Now, I, I will say Trey Dean. Trey Dean made some great plays this so far this season and in this game. And when he makes that interception there, I, 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 you, you're like, okay, well, yeah, you took him off the field, but then you played him the next play, which is what you're supposed to do. And I was shocked that I saw that. But we didn't really see, I mean, we saw Trey Dean, but we saw, you know, him getting switched out for somebody else like Steiner. And I'm like, no, man, keep Trey Dean in there. And Trey Dean and Brad Stewart had one hell of a game. I I have to give my hats off to him. Even with that fumble that Trey Dean had after that interception, um, I believe that should have been a targeting call anyway. So that really screwed up his moment there. But uh I got to give my hats off to Brad Stewart and Trey Dean in this game. They they really did play well, and and hopefully, depending on which team we play in a bowl game here, hopefully we'll see more of them in the next game because I, I'm curious to see that. And uh, it, it's only going to set you up for next year and, and, and what's going to happen in 2021 of that season. But, yeah, uh, Florida would hold Alabama to a field goal, making this a 14-point game. So Florida fans still have some kind of confidence saying, okay, 14 points. Uh, you know how fast this offense can score. And sure enough, Florida would lead a night play, 75-yard touchdown drive. And they, uh, they're at the one-yard line. And I think this is the, uh, this is the one that Damian Pierce rushed in. And, um, yeah, making the score here 45-38. to 38. So now you're sitting at one touchdown. And now this game is in reach again. And great play from the it, – it's amazing what – somewhat a great play from a defense can really set your offense up when your offense is elite, you know? I mean, when the defense makes one play, even if it's holding somebody to a field goal, with this kind of offense, you can really bring yourself back in a game or take the lead or, or, or take the reins off another team. You can take the complete head off another team if you can just force them to field goals. So 
good play from the defense and good play from the offense there. And uh, yeah, uh, Florida would go up 45 to 38, but then Alabama would score right back real quick with a four play 66 yard drive, one minute and 34 second drive to be exact. Uh, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith burning Marco Wilson again. <laughs> Mac Jones pass complete to Devontae Smith for 15 yards for touchdown. And uh, setting up Alabama 52-38, to 38, and the time's running out here. And now you're back to where you were the, the drive before. <laughs> you're like, time's running out. We're down by 14. Dave, time management became an issue in this game in both the first half and here at the end, and I'm sure we'll get into that on this drive. But at the end of the first half, Dan Mullen scores with way too much time on the clock, and Alabama goes down and scores, and – that theme kind of regenerates here, maybe not in the exact same form, but with timeout usage and stuff like that. And I, I'll let you introduce all that from there, but it's important to understand that clock management clock management was an issue multiple times in this game. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I'll let you, we'll get into that after we recap the whole rest of this game. But, um, you know, obviously I want to get your post-game thoughts, everybody's post-game thoughts here. Um, but... Yeah, uh, clock management was an issue, and uh, it, and it came down to what was it? We were we were at fifty two to thirty eight, and Florida would then score on a two minute and fifty two uh, second drive here, ten plays for seventy five yards, and the uh, the pass interference call didn't really help Alabama out down there near the goal line. But this was, uh, I believe, this was Kyle Trask's uh, rushing touchdown, wasn't it? I believe so. I think he ran in yeah. his touchdown, and uh, uh, this was a pass to Pitts. That was the pass to Pitts. Okay, yeah, I I remember that, that was a gorgeous reception too over over top of two uh, defenders. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I keep thinking maybe I'm thinking about that two point conversion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one was run in. Yeah, uh, I know I know Trask had a moment there for for a Tim Tebow moments. So, uh, I I was kind of excited talking about that and I forgot about this one. So yeah, uh, I remember that pa- I remember that catch from Kyle Pitts and 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 it, man. Uh, Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony had him a day. I mean, Kadarius Tony eight receptions for 153 yards. Pitts for seven receptions, 129 yards. Two hundred, you know, like just combined 300 yards receiving between both of them. It's completely ridiculous. So, Kyle Pitts, man, is a man among boys. Like I said, I've said it all year. Man among boys. Uh, there's not one corner in the nation that can guard that man. And and that's he showed it tonight too, against one of the best defenses in the nation. So yeah. Go up fifty-two to uh, forty-six here because you do the uh, get that two-point conversion in there. And hey, didn't you want to see when Kyle Trask runs in for that two-point conversion? Didn't you want him to strike that Heisman pose? <laughs> uh, gotta do that the, when you the win momentum the momentum that would have brought to this team, the energy it would have brought to that sideline. I think would have made a huge difference. I know Kyle's not the type of guy to do that, but man, I was hoping for it when I saw him running in. I'm like, come on, Kyle, do it. <laughs> Yeah, man, and when he ran in this two-point conversion, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, dude, Florida's going to win this game. They're they're going to win this game. I, I said, Dan Mullen wasn't going for the tie. He didn't want to go to overtime. He said, no, it's either all or nothing. And he, he I mean, I know I know Alabama forced a penalty there, and, and it helped Florida out a little bit. But Dan Mullen was going for that two points no matter what. Alabama could have called two timeouts, and he was still going to line up for that two-point conversion. And uh, sure enough, Florida gets it. It makes the game 52-46 to 46 here. And, uh, man, uh, have to give the ball back to Alabama. And Florida would force a three. I think it's their first three and out of the game. 
that 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 they forced her. There's a second three and out. Or no, yeah, it was actually their first three and out of the game. It, it was. And uh, Florida would for, force that. And then now you're thinking, oh, man, we got some time. Only 23 seconds. And uh, I know you wanted to get into the time management here, Brian, with especially with that timeout on that two-point conversion, which probably you shouldn't have called. Um, I didn't think you could. But, uh, yeah, uh, Florida still had a chance with, with as much time. I think it was like 16 seconds they had, wasn't it? 16 seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was 26 or 16. I couldn't remember. Uh, but they didn't have a lot of time. They had a time for, what, two plays? Maybe one play? And um, It ended up being one. <laughs> right. And um, first play on this drive, Kyle, Kyle Trask gets sacked by Tristan Harris, and uh, that's it. That did it in. I mean, it, you know, a sack costs too much time when you don't have any timeouts. A timeout would have helped guys them running all the way downfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, Florida had a prayer anyway. They would have to launch the ball. Uh, it, I don't see Kyle Trask launching the ball 80 yards down the field, but I, I, he could launch it 40, 50 yards down. Somebody could catch it, probably run it in something like that. But at this point of the game, I'm like, well, Florida scores quick. So they still have a chance. If somebody can catch something, run out of bounds real quick, drive down the field a little bit. But, um, yeah, that, that took the wind out of me there, man. It took the wind out of Pitts, and, or not Pitts, uh, Trask. And, uh, man, God, you see Kyle Trask there. And I don't, everybody was, I don't know if he was actually crying. It doesn't look like he was crying. I, can't, I think he was just kind of putting his hand on his helmet in shame. But, uh, nonetheless, man, that was a, uh, a sad, it was a sad sight, I guess. But, I mean, you really, I, I, I don't know about you guys. I, I actually felt good after this game. I mean, we took it to a team that nobody thought we were ever going to take it to. It didn't give us much hope, didn't give us much anything. I mean, Stephen A. Smith was being a complete ass uh, and saying, oh, well, Florida's just going to get That's his it. M.O. Yeah, I know. That's, that's his personality. And uh, he, was, he said, yeah, hey, uh, Florida has no chance. Everybody was saying Florida has no chance. And sure enough, man, I was proud of this team by the end of the game. Uh, I, I was upset because we lost in a close game that we could have won with some – different kind of play calling and some uh, yeah but yeah it was a different kind of upset because coming into it it was like okay we're going to be upset because we're going to get blown out yep but then by the end of the game it was like oh i'm upset because we we were actually that close to to actually pulling this off yeah and dave i want to go back just one second uh to that last I don't want to call it a drive, that last play by Florida. Right before that, when they got the punt, Kadarius Tony catches that punt, dances around, gains two yards, and wastes seven seconds on the clock. That, I think, was a bigger problem. And and I'm not trying to do any – I'm not trying to speak poorly on Kadarius Tony at all, but that's one that he probably should have let go and allowed there to be still 20, 22 seconds left on the clock. It probably wouldn't have changed anything, but I think that's a teaching moment right there where you say, hey – Kadarius, in that case, we don't need you to do your showboating for two yards. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree with uh, Michael. I think um, I think we were all still a little bit upset, a little bit disappointed. But I think that disappointment was brought on by the fact that we all expected it to be so bad. And then we get to this point and we're like, holy crap, we have a chance. Alabama's not that much better than us. And so it kind of, instead of the disappointment and the anger, it's disappointment and sadness almost to an extent. Like, man, we were that close. And then knowing that next year this team's going to be so drastically different 
that this group, the, this core group of guys is not ever going to probably play together again like this. And knowing what we had, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a sad reality in a lot of cases right now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because I mean, I, I've said this a couple of times this season, you know, Kyle Trask, he's, he's kind of a generational quarterback. You know, he's, he's one of those that only comes around ever so often. And, He's had a very special season, but in a sense, it, it was almost wasted by the fact that we, we couldn't get enough out of the defense to, to support what he was doing on the offense. Right. That's the upsetting part about this year. Uh, your defense has been your Achilles heel all year, and I've said it said it all year, and it, 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 and it came to fruition, man. It, that's, that's the sad part. Uh, Florida combined the, – the Florida's three losses, they've lost for a combined total of 12 points. You lost to Texas A&M by three. You lost to LSU by three, and you lost to Alabama by six. That's how good your offense was this year. With 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 how bad the defense was. Now, in the LSU loss, you could say was a little inexcusable. You should have really, even with the defense, you still should have took the top off on LSU. But I'd say it was a lot inexcusable. But that's just me. Yeah, and um, Texas A&M, the fumble that that killed it. And, and man, Florida, I, they're going to have to clean up fumbling. I mean, by next year, I I know they got a bowl game still, but Florida fumbled the ball five times in this game, and luckily only two of them were recovered by Alabama, and one of them was a key fumble we just talked about. That, that I mean, you have to hold on to the football, and 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 if you're about to get sacked, don't force anything. Just throw the ball out of bounds, and and uh, I don't know, man. But for a year like this, would you, as a Florida fan, would you have ever thought you would have a quarterback? to throw for a combined total of over 4,000 yards in one season so far after the SEC championship and come within six points of beating Alabama. Mike, I'm going to let you take this one. Uh, you know, coming into this game, I or into this season, I'm sorry, uh, I knew that we were going to see something special out of Kyle Trask. I don't know if I, I would say that I thought that uh, we were going to see 4,000-plus yards and – uh, what is it? 40, 43 touchdown passes. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah. 43. Yeah. So the, the offense moved a lot more efficiently than, than what I even expected, but I did expect to see something great out of Kyle Trask this year. Um, you know, uh, I just said it a minute ago that that's what hurts about this thing is the fact that I know we have such a talented guy. Uh, under center or behind center rather. Uh, and we just didn't make the best of the opportunity. When it comes back to that, we know that this team's going to look different next year and it's going to be the game calling the way that the, the, the offensive strategy, everything is going to be drastically different next year. And to see Florida struggle defensively, like they have this year, I mean, it's kind of like, Dave, you and I talked about it earlier. Um, we went to those uh, SEC championship games under Jim McElwain, and we knew we were going to get blown out, and we knew that our defense was going to keep us relatively close, but that our offense was so bad that we didn't have a chance. And it felt like that this year, and just in the exact reverse. And I never thought I'd see the day where a Florida um, defense would give up 52 points um, – 
consistently. I don't want to obviously Alabama we've given up points to before, but um, this, this was a really bad defense this year. And it's probably going to, if Kyle Trask doesn't win the Heisman, it's probably going to be a lot to do with this defense that's out here. Um, but like I said, I mean, it, it sucks. It hurts. It, um, it's disappointing. There's, there's not really a way to sugarcoat it. And it's a feeling that, that as Florida fans, we're not used to feeling, I think, because it's either been really good or really bad. <laughs> uh, there, there hasn't been a whole lot. It's kind of like almost like 2009, Tim Tebow's last game. You're like, man, that's the end of something. And this is the end of something big for Florida. We didn't realize just how big it was probably during the ride. And you mentioned earlier, all the people clamoring for Emory Jones on Twitter. Well, next year, I think we're going to realize, you know, we had it pretty good these last two years. And um, I think we're going to wish that we had that again. And and that's not a, sli- a slight at Emory at all. It's just simply stating that, you know, what we have right now, we're being spoiled with. And I think a lot of us are taking it for granted. And hopefully we don't have to endure 10 years where quarterback play is subpar. But, I mean, it's not like we haven't seen this before. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, a lot of people on social media have been clamoring for Emory Jones. And and I have actually engaged with a few of them. Um, Yeah, most of the time I try not to because usually those aren't arguments you're going to win. But, uh, uh, yeah, you want to just kind of take a moment experience what's happening and actually appreciate it. Just enjoy what's taking place and quit trying to move on to the next big thing. And that's what I would say, whatever bowl game Florida ends up playing in, obviously it's not going to be in the playoff, but if you've got Kyle Trask playing, if Kadarius Tony plays, if all of these guys play, sit back, relax, enjoy it. Let these guys go out and play ball and let's for at least one game, instead of worrying about the win and loss, just enjoy what we're watching on that football field because it's going to be the last time. Yep. And um, we'll have to see what Kyle Trask's decision is, uh, whether he wants to play this bowl game or not. I'm assuming he would play it for his team being the quarterback, being the leader, but you don't know. I mean, I I would be shocked if he opted out for the bowl game. uh, I would too. Especially See, after, I would be shocked if he opts out, but I think there's a small chance that Dan Mullen says, hey, you've done your job. Let's go. Let's give everybody a chance to see what Emory can do in this ball game. Let's give him that pretty much extended spring. Uh, and, and part of it is we don't know what spring's going to look like next year. We don't know what camps are going to look like or anything. So it's very possible that Dan Mullen goes up to him, and, and it'll never get told to us that that's what happened. But I, I think it's very reasonable that Dan might say, hey, you did your job. You got us here. Go get ready for the NFL. Yeah. Um, that's gonna, it's going to be tough, man. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Brian, if whatever bowl game we get, Kyle Trask steps there out there on the field, and if Kadarius Tony decides he – I if, if I was Kadarius Tony, I'd actually just play it uh, just, just to get more film. Uh, I mean, I've, he's done enough this year to at least be considered – not really high in the draft, but at, at, at least to be considered in, in some of those, or I guess earlier rounds, maybe four or five, something like that. But I don't know what he, he Not to cut you off, but he actually has a chance to to be the first thousand yard receiver we've had in, in quite a while. Yeah, I just noticed that too uh, the other day. Um, yeah, uh, I, I want to I want to go into a little bit of Heisman talk with you guys. I know that. Um, you said, Brian, with three losses, it's going to be hard to win a Heisman. But now, Heisman is an individual award, and it's 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 based on one individual's play, 
stats, whatever. Um, but this is a hard thing to talk about. I mean, it, it's going to be hard to say that no other quarterback, that some other quarterback has played better than Kyle Trask has this year. He's thrown for 4,125 yards. That's the most out of any quarterback, and I, I believe. And he, I mean, pretty much almost a 70% completion rating all year. And uh, he's averaged 10.1 yards per time he's passed and 43 touchdowns. Only five interceptions, too. And I know Mac Jones had one last night. Um, he, he threw for 418 yards. Kyle Trask threw for 408. So it, they were pretty on par with each other. Um, Kyle Trask was the little bit of the better quarterback, I guess, if you want to put in averages and not throwing an interception. But I mean, I know Mac Jones had 10 more yards. Uh, probably a better completion rating, too. But, man, um, it's right now it's going to be hard for me to put Mac Jones over Kyle Trask. But now you got Devontae Smith, and that's the person that I think that if, you know, Florida fans want Kyle Trask to win the highs, and that's the guy you got to watch out for. He's already amassed over 1,500 yards receiving this year, and he's 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 been an equalizer for that team. And um, it's it's going to come down to Devontae Smith and Kyle Trask. And I think, honestly, and it's not the Florida fan in me, it really isn't, I, I, and I'm trying not to be biased. I don't want to be biased, but how can you tell me that you can't give Kyle Trask the Heisman after what he's done at a quarter at a, as a quarterback with the talent that he's had, with the offensive line he's had, with uh, just no defense whatsoever to help him out, and he's put up all these numbers and still managed to win eight eight out of eleven games, and and the games that you lost weren't blowouts because your offense was putting up such ungodly numbers that and two of those were to the number one team and, and possibly the number four team. Well, they're number five now. They just had the playoff rankings, so they, they still have A&M at number five, so I'm pretty sure A&M fans are pretty pretty, uh, pretty pissed off right now. <laughs> I would be if I was an A&M fan. But, um, so, Dave, for the record, I just say I, I think Kyle Trask is going to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, I think he will, too. I, I just I, partly, and then we've talked about this before. I think Alabama's players, and and that includes Najee Harris. I think those guys are all going to split votes, um, and it's going to cannibalize each other. Um, and Trask has done nothing, and even if you, he's done nothing to hurt his chances. And if you look at this this Alabama SEC title game, everybody went in with the expectation that Florida was going to get blown out. Kyle Trask led his team on that field and gave his team a chance until the very end. Yeah, and he put up over 400 yards on Alabama's defense, and that's one of the best defenses in the nation, and he completely torched them the whole game. And, and I know they torched our defense too, but nobody expected this game to be this close. Uh, there was a, well, The spread was 17 points, and I thought that was that was ample. I thought that was a, a, a pretty equal spread there. I, I would have probably came up with the same spread. But nobody expected a, a, a six-point loss, and you still have sort of a chance to come back and win the game. And, 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 and if you look at the drive chart, I mean, the Florida had their opportunities. Uh, and they didn't capitalize on them, on some of the opportunities on defense. But can you really put this game on Kyle Trask? No. Kyle Trask did nothing but, what, fumble a ball when he got sacked? And that was, uh, I mean, uh, you can't really put the game on Trask. Well, and, I mean, let's be real. Mac Jones threw an interception. He got lucky that he got redeemed. But, yeah. you know, neither quarterback was perfect, but both quarterbacks were very good. Yeah, what's your take on it, Mike? 
uh, I think that uh, had Trask been able to lead that come from behind victory, it was it's a shoe in, not to use the shoe pun. I, uh, however, um, you know, last week I said that I think that that there was no chance. Uh, with the way the game went yesterday, there definitely is a chance. And, and yes, there's three losses on, on his resume this season. But, you know, you look at 2007, Tim Tebow won the Heisman Trophy with three losses. In a kind of a similar situation, a very prolific offense and a defense that, you know, leaked like a sieve, to be honest. Um, so... I think that it's very possible that he does get the Heisman trophy. And that's mainly because of the fact that he performed as well as he did. He's the only quarterback to throw for 400 yards against Alabama's defense this year. He has more touchdowns than anybody. Uh, And then you've got the fact, Brian, you mentioned this last week. You've got the fact that Mac Jones, Najee Harris and uh, Devontae Smith are all going to be competing for votes. Yeah, and that's not me pumping sunshine and rainbows either. I honestly think Kyle Trask could run away with his Heisman Trophy. I'll be upset if he doesn't. But if Devontae Smith gets it, I will still be very, very upset because I think it's more of a job for a quarterback to lead a team with no defense, with, with I mean, an, an okay offensive line. I'm not going to say the offensive line's been terrible this year. They, they've provided pretty decent protection for Kyle Trask. I mean, obviously not in the run game whatsoever, but uh, you know, storm stone Forsyth has, has actually become a very good blocker. Yeah, he has. I think, uh, I think I saw something on Twitter today with a uh, um, pro football focus. He was like the, uh, I think that they're the number one offensive lineman in, in blocked tackles or something like that. And, yeah, Stone Forsyth's been been lights out this year. Uh, the, the, the the only problem I've had with the offensive line is I don't I don't know what it, what happens to them when they have to run block. But I mean, you they give Trask for the most part pretty good protection. Um, I, last night you saw it. Trask had time to throw the football. There was times where he got pressured, but it wasn't like a complete blitzing spree on Kyle Trask. Like there, you didn't see. A ton of pressure. Uh, I mean, you you did. I mean, I know he had gotten sacked, but um, I, the offensive line has played decent. Is is, is what I'm going to say. And, and the only reason why I say decent is because we haven't really been able to run the ball. Uh, if you want to go in pass protection, they've been great. Uh, I'll give my hats off to them. Uh, Gene Delance was the only Achilles heel of that offensive line. We already know that 56 was was not as advertised. Hasn't been as advertised. Um, but the offensive line played pretty decent. Now. You've, but you have no defense. You've lost to teams by three points, three points, and six points. And one of the teams that you lost six points to was the number one team, like you said, Mike, and then the number five team, Texas A&M. And, uh, I mean, the, the LSU loss does hurt a little bit, but um, you can't really deny what Kyle Trask has done, and it's really hard. It's it's more hard for a quarterback to, to put up those kind of numbers than a receiver to put up those kind of numbers, I would say, but... I mean, 1,500 yards is, is pretty damn impressive, and I think that's an Alabama record for them. So we'll have to see what happens when it comes to this Heisman Trophy race. I think, though, with the season the way that, that, that it's been, and I know there were some upsets, and, and Florida fans are upset, wouldn't that be just something sweet to see at the end of a season like this, to see Kyle Trask go out and win the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, I think that that would uh, 
that would be probably best case scenario for Florida fans right now. Uh, it would, in a sense, be a little bit of a consolation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Florida fans would at least have something to take out of this because, you know, we've, we've talked and we've harped on just how special this offense was this year. Um, and to have something that, especially once they put the statue outside the stadium or you can go back and say, Hey, I remember that. Um, like I said, it was, it was a special season by this offense and, you know, it'd be nice to have some kind of remembrance piece because of it. Yeah. That, that would be like the ultimate upsetting thing is to not see college basketball out of there with the Heisman trophy, but it could happen. Um, we don't know. Um, but good point that you made there, Mike, with Tim Tebow, they lost three games and he still won the Heisman. And, and I know a lot of people said, well, there was a lot of help. A lot of teams lost games and, yeah, but it's not like Florida was going to a national championship or anything. Um, I mean, they were. I think when they played Michigan, they were the number twelve team at the time, uh, and he still won the Heisman. So, I mean, there there's a possibility Kyle Trask can win the Heisman. I don't care what any of the odds makers say or anything like that. Pretty sure it's gonna. They might favor Devontae Smith or something, but like Kyle Trask, man, it's, it, you can't deny what he's done. And for him to not get the Heisman would really upset me. Anyway, that's, a, I guess, another story for another day here. Um, but, yeah, Florida loses to Alabama in the SEC Championship. A little bit of a heartbreaker here, 52-46. to 46. But, man, I, I, this is good vibes, man. I, I mean, like you said, Brian, this is, this is probably going to be the last time we see this team on the field without Kyle Pitts, obviously, if, if, if everybody decides to play in the bowl game. This will be the last time that we see this team on the field. And, like you said, no matter who we're playing, sit back and enjoy it. And I hope we're playing Miami and we blow them out. So, yeah, that'd be great. But I think Georgia might get that one, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, I know a lot of sites have said we might play Oklahoma. I'm not sure because now because Oklahoma and Texas A&M are 5-6, and six, and I think 5-6 and six play each other in a bowl game, if I'm not uh, correct. So uh, who knows who we'll get in a bowl game. But, um, yeah, like I said, enjoy this while you still have it because next year will be very different. And um, I, and you never know. Emory Jones might be just as good as Kyle Trask next year. You don't know that. It's, it's highly unlikely he's had three years into the program, but we'll just see because it's going to be a different run offense now. You're going to have to run more of that spread. Emory Jones is more of a running quarterback. does have a stronger arm there, um, and, and we've seen progression from him, I mean, when he's been on the field. You know, that that's kind of the thing. Yes, we're going to lose the the core of the offense here. We're, we're going to have completely different personnel. It's going to have a completely different look. But if there's one thing that, I've seen from Dan Mullen throughout his career, it's being able to uh, put together his offense to where it suits the personnel he's got. So I, I have no doubt that we're still going to see uh, good offensive production. Will it be what we saw this year? I, I don't know about that, but uh, you know, it should still be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for next year, whether Kyle Trask comes back or not. And a lot of people are saying he may. I don't think so. He, he's he's going to go to the NFL. Uh, that's 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 my take on it. Um, uh, if he doesn't, that's going to be really surprising. Um, but and it's a free year of eligibility this year, so you never know what's going to happen. Um, but Florida has still has a bowl game to play. We'll see who they play in a bowl game. I'm not sure. I don't think the uh, selection committee has made that decision yet. But um, yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see who they play in a bowl game. I, uh, I'm still up for this team, and I'll be inter- I'm still interested to see where they're ranked. I haven't looked yet, but I know they were at that number seven spot. I don't, I don't. 
think that they would drop that much with that kind of a game that they had against Alabama, but we'll see. Uh, it doesn't really matter where the ranking is now. Florida's not in the playoff. Got to go and just play a bowl game, and hopefully, man, we can have a record-setting bowl game against somebody because, man, we after this year, we kind of need it, and we kind of need a good win, and hopefully, hey, maybe Trask will win this Heisman coming up in a uh, few uh, short weeks or days here. And um, we did have a, a voicemail on our voicemail line this week, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this right here, pull it up. Uh, so this is from – doesn't have a name, so I'm just going to go ahead and play it. My name is not important. I don't know what Twitter is. But all I got to say to you is you gator-loving turds is row, tide, row. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> all right, on that note, um, Brian, uh, Mike, do you all have anything you would like to add to the podcast before we sign out for the day? I could have gone my entire life without hearing that voicemail. <laughs> was that the joke of the week mike <laughs> sure <laughs> no i uh there we go <laughs> closing out i, I just want to say uh yesterday was was a very fun game to watch uh the team they never quit they left it all on the field and I, i'm proud of the way that they did it so uh it's been a interesting season a lot of exciting things and some disappointing things but it's still great to be a Florida Gator. Yeah. And I just want to basically finish this by thanking everybody that's listened. Um, everybody that's been a guest on here with us and uh, just, you know, it's been a fun season. We've watched this team grow. Uh, we're going to watch a totally new team pretty much next year grow. Um, but all of us at Chomp Talk and, the Gridiron Grout podcast. We really appreciate everything, um, every review, every follow, everything. And uh, it's something that we do see and we do appreciate. Um, but yeah, we've got some cool things coming up next year. I know we've still got a bowl game to, to talk about and we definitely will. Um, but we've got some cool stuff on the horizon, but I just wanted to take a second at the end of this regular season and this uh, SEC championship game to say thanks to everybody. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, we started, uh, looks about 20, 21 weeks ago because we've had 21 episodes. So uh, we started with uh, three special guests, uh, the, the first episode that we have had, and it's grown to what what we've had now. And uh, I, I can't, I, I, I like the feedback we get, and I, it, we may not be the most popular guys out there, and we know we're not, but um, we'd like to get you fans involved. And that's why we open up this voicemail line, and even with a message like this, I'm still going to play it, even though I don't want to hear it. I'll play it twice. Uh, I think Mike can go. He probably doesn't want me to play it again, but um, we don't care. You want to you want to get your voice on our podcast? We'll play it as long as obviously it's not anything that we shouldn't be playing. But yeah, we want to be more in tune with the fans and, and and get your voice on the show. And that's why we opened up that voicemail line three five two eight 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 four six eight seven. If you don't know the number. That was a voicemail sent in by somebody that was an Alabama fan, I guess. And um, I don't know if that was a, a troll message or not. It sounded a little bit like a troll message, but hey, you know what? We'll play it. And uh, that that gave me a good laugh by the end of this uh, this episode. And yeah, you, uh, the, I, I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast so far. And we've went through our first season, and we still got a bowl game to go. We will be previewing that bowl game the the you know prior week before. And uh, given Jake's, Brian's, and, and, and Mike's thoughts there for, for the game. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank the fans, man. Uh, you guys have been a really important part of our show. And we'll continue to open up uh, discussions and, and comments and everything. And we'll continue to read comments 
on our show. And uh, Brian or Mike, do y'all have anything else? Nope. All right, folks. That'll do it for this episode of the Gridiron Growl podcast. And even with a close loss and a heartbreaking loss to Alabama, I lost to LSU and a three-point loss to Texas A&M. You know what we say here on the Gridiron Growl podcast? In all kinds of weather, we don't just stick together. We keep it together. Yeah, yeah.